Are you interested in making your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You guys can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And in fact, I'm using Anchor and I love it. If you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Friday, woot, woot, April 7th, and I hope you'll stick around. We've got a lot to talk about with regard to biblical womanhood. It's Friday, Friday, Friday. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. So I am coming to you today from Kansas City, Missouri, where I am speaking for the Midwest Parent Educators Conference. So last night I had the privilege of giving the opening keynote address for the Midwest Parent Educators Conference, and I spent that time talking about the correlation between Esther and the life of Esther and the lives that we are living today, that we were literally born for such a time as this. And if you are anywhere in the area, I would love it if you would come out. I will be at the Midwest Parent Educators Conference. I'll link back to it. I'll be there today, and I will be there most of the day tomorrow before I fly home to my to my family on Sunday. So come on out. For those of you who have not yet left a review for us over at the Busy Mom Podcast at iTunes, we are back up and running again. And man, we love it when you leave a review for us. Love it, love it, love it. If you'll subscribe to iTunes and uh, download the podcast, it comes out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And also, I would love it if you would share this podcast with your friends. And so it helps us a lot to just get the podcast out to as many people as we can. I have a heart and passion to just encourage you in your walk with the Lord to talk about what's happening in the culture through the filter and the grid of scripture, and to just encourage you in your roles as wives and mothers. I know there's a lot of dads who listen, and I meet a lot of you. This is a fun time of year for me because I'm meeting a whole bunch of you at events around the country. So thank you for that. And it's just fun to have you listening. But as you know, my heart really is to encourage your wife, (laughs) to encourage her as she is raising children, because it ain't for the faint of heart, this uh, child raising thing that we're doing. Um, Several of you have asked about um, my waterline extravaganza. And uh, I really appreciate your prayers on that. We've seen the Lord answer prayer in a lot of ways, as my husband's been out there with our sons and a couple of trusted uh, friends digging ditches and in the rain and the snow and sometimes in the hail and sometimes in the sunshine, but I think we're I think we're nearing uh, nearing the end of that trial. So it's just reminding me, you know, it's important for us no matter what happens that we continue praising the Lord through it. And and I keep thinking, all right, Lord, I know that there is a illustration in there somewhere in our broken water line for you, but uh, I haven't found it yet. <laughs> so I'll totally, I'll totally keep you posted. But for everyone who sent me um, emails and even for a sweet friend of mine who lives in the UK, uh, I really have, it's been an encouragement to me. Also, I want to remind you, I'm going to be in Katy, Texas, just south of Houston on April 28th and 29th for Fearless. And we are still taking registrations for that event. I think you guys are going to be blessed. So please come on out for that. If you're in the area, grab a friend, 
Don't miss it. I think it's going to be life-changing, trajectory-changing for you in the way that you see yourself in light of the culture today. And also, remember, we've moved our location from Poughkeepsie, New York, because of the West Point graduation and a bunch of other things, to Sparta, New Jersey, about an hour and a half south of there. That event is still on the same weekend, May 19th and 20th. We hope you'll come out for Fearless Northeast. All right, so I have been talking this whole week about biblical womanhood and how important it is to kind of see yourself through the lens of scripture. And the culture has done a pretty good job, I think, or I guess you could say a rotten job, of encouraging women to be women. Uh, Elizabeth Elliot wrote a book, one of my all-time favorite books ever in the history of books, and I'll link back to it today, was written in 1976 called Let Me Be a Woman. And I'm going to quote a little bit from her today because she had, it was like she, I mean, the book could have been written in 2017. It's so appropriate to what we're dealing with in the culture right now. And this idea of biblical womanhood, I think a lot of times we talk about it, uh, we focus on the married women, which makes sense. But I really want to focus today on single women and also on just the gift and the blessing of our differences as women between men. Uh, One of the things that Elizabeth Elliott pointed out, and I didn't, I actually am not going to quote it today, but you should read the book. It's so great. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. But she was talking about how uh, our femininity is a gift really from the Lord, just like masculinity is a gift to men. And in this culture of, you know, we, we're so tired of this. Uh, I keep hearing people saying, you know, that that the millennials are tired of the, uh, the genders being separate, but God created them to be uh, separate. We are not a genderless culture. We were created as male and female. The Bible says that he created us in his image, male and female. And Elizabeth George, another one of uh, my favorite women uh, uh, Christian authors and speakers, said, one of the greatest advantages of singleness is the potential for a greater focus on Christ and accomplishing work for him. Peter Hubbard went on to basically say the same thing that Elizabeth George said, just a little bit differently. He said that single Christians living in purity and community are billboards for the sufficiency of Jesus. Now, I I love that that these uh, men and women are talking about singleness, and I have a friend of mine who says it's a gift. She feels like her singleness was given to her. She doesn't have a desire to be married. She's done uh, all kinds of things. She's gone all over the world for, uh, you know, to advance the cause of Christ and to share the gospel. And not to say that you can't do that as a wife and with children, but I think we could be honest and say it makes it harder. Right, it makes it harder. It's harder to uh, pick up, you know, three children and load them on a plane and go to Uganda. Although I have some precious friends who do that, but I, I think uh, typically uh, being married poses a little bit more of a complication in terms of uh, going into full time ministry and as a vocation. And I've noticed that the description of biblical women, particularly online and a lot of books that are written, it kind of sounds like we focus the Bible focuses rather on married women. So we're we're familiar with passages like Titus 2, right? Uh, verses 3 to 5 that says, you know, uh, Paul's urging the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. That to me is the most important part of that verse, of that passage. Is the point the point isn't that um we're directing it toward biblical or toward married women. The point is that we are to be as all women, really, whether we're married or not. This particular passage was directed at married women, but we all should be single or married, self-control, pure, busy at home or busy at work, kind, subject uh, to authority, 
I mean, in this verse, the the Apostle Paul is saying that married women are to be subject to the authority of their husbands, which is a whole other podcast, uh, which I should totally do because it's a subject that's near and dear to my heart. But the point of it is the reason that we're doing those things is so that no one would malign the word of God. And of course, there's the Proverbs 31 women who can forget, right? The Proverbs 31 women. I'll just quote a little bit of it. Uh, uh, it says, an excellent wife who can find she is more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She works with willing hands. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. She opens her hand to the poor. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Now, most of the the Old Testament uh, and the New Testament passages that speak directly to biblical womanhood do so with a married woman in mind, just like Proverbs 31. But check this out. It's important to remember that the truth that's found in them also applies to every single one of us, whether we're married or not. And here's a fun fact for you. I know a bunch of you don't know this, and it was something that I learned only recently, but Proverbs 31 was actually a description that was written, this, it's King Lemuel, it was written for him by his mother. Did you guys know that? I was like, hey, I didn't know that. I, you know, I told my daughter Savannah, I'm like, I had no idea. This was actually written for a single guy. His mother was telling him these are the characteristics to look for in a wife. And Proverbs 31, if you read about it in a commentary, you'll see that the instruction uh, is being given by King Lemuel, and he is reflecting on his mother's advice to him on on what kinds of things we want to he wanted. Uh, to look for in a wife. And clearly, he's looking for a wife among the unmarried girls, right? We can hope, uh, unless he's part of the sister wife uh, uh, brigade. But we can hope he's looking among the unmarried girls. So they were single. So King Lemuel's mom was advising him, this is the way you spot and identify characteristics and uh, character qualities that would be good to see in a single woman's life. We want evidence. Is this woman somebody who's marriage material? And so he's looking to the single woman and saying, does she open her hand to the poor? Does she Is she a hard worker? Does she work with willing hands? Uh, do the people around her say that she's been a blessing to them? Or is she one of those women that just kind of is off-putting by her personality? And this is the description of the Proverbs 31 woman. And she demonstrates that she was a biblical woman uh, by living her life in a way that would also bring honor and glory to the role of a wife and a mother. Why? Because we don't want to malign the Word of God. It always has to go back to, is our life pleasing to God? Elizabeth Elliot um, I'm going back to her book, Let Me Be a Woman. I wish I could read the whole book to you, <laughs> but ain't nobody had time for that on the podcast. So uh, one of the other, one of my other favorite quotes from her is she said that single life may only be a stage of a life's journey, but even a stage is a gift. I'm going to say that again. Even a stage is a gift. So for all of you, some of you are single mothers who are listening to this. Some of you have, like me, grown daughters who are not yet married. And I think it's important for us to be able to see the stage of life that we're in as a gift from the Lord. We don't know how long it will last. We know that the the stage of a toddler is just for a little while. We know we're only in our 20s for a little while. We're in our 30s. It's a stage for a little while. I'm noticing my 40s are rapidly uh, disappearing. Uh, right in front of me. <laughs> and these stages, the Bible says, um, are a gift. I love that Elizabeth Elliot points that out. She says, God might replace it with another gift, but the receiver accepts God's gifts with thanksgiving. This gift for this day. Uh, 
The life of faith is lived one day at a time, and it has to be lived, not always looked forward to as though the real living was just around the next corner. It is today for which we are responsible. God still owns tomorrow. I think that you can kind of go back to uh, the verse in James that says, we, we shouldn't be worrying uh, about tomorrow because each day has enough trouble of its own. We should be looking at each day as a gift. And I think sometimes, and I, I run into this at, at Fearless at the women's event that I do, sometimes women will come to me and they're, they're just... Um, they're living for tomorrow because they feel like, man, I haven't, I haven't gotten married. I haven't found the person that God has for me. And I think the Bible is teaching us in our description of what it means to be a woman who honors her husband. The Proverbs uh, 31 woman is a good example. And also the verses in Titus 2 and every other verse that mentions, uh, that speaks directly to married women as an opportunity to live our lives with the same types of characteristics as single women. So biblical womanhood is taught throughout scripture and not just in passages that speak about uh, marriage. So Paul has Paul gives an admonition in 1 Corinthians 7, 32 to 35, and he talks about singleness and applies it directly to uh, biblical womanhood. And what he's doing is advocating for singleness because like I said at the opening of the podcast, it allows that the woman has more freedom to be wholly and completely focused on the things of the Lord. A woman who is not married and responsible for young children and responsible for a family is f- more free to make her relationship with God her only concern. And Paul calls that biblical womanhood. He's addressing this, that this is a way to live in a, in, a, in a manner that's pleasing to God and uses our life in a way that brings glory and honor to Him. But the married woman, and I know this for a fact as a mother of seven children and a grandmother of two, my family needs often occupy the majority of my time. And as for those of you who are listening and you're married and you're thinking, man, you know, I have a family. And so sometimes I'll talk to moms who say, I have, you know, three or four children. My husband works full time, but I have this burning desire to be a writer or burning desire to be a speaker. And I just want to encourage you, if God's laid that that dream and that given you not only the the desire, but also the gifting, he will also provide you with opportunity. And we need to be looking for our circumstances to take a really close look at what our circumstances are, because the priorities of the Lord don't change. Once we become married and we have a husband that we are responsible to love and care for, and then God gives us children, um, our family comes a close second to just our walk with the Lord. And sometimes that means we take a season and we focus on our family and we don't travel and we don't blog and we don't have, you know, sometimes saying no. And I just uh, wrote about this quite a bit in Becoming Momstrong, which by the way, you guys, I just discovered you can pre-order it right now. It's on Amazon. Woot, woot. So jump on over there. Uh, Becoming Momstrong is available on Amazon for purchase right now. But in in writing about um, saying yes to things, I was talking about the peanut butter and jelly season of motherhood and saying that there was a season of my life that I had to say no to virtually every outside opportunity for me uh, to serve the Lord, to speak at an event, to go to a women's retreat because of the sheer magnitude of the responsibility that I had at home. And that is also biblical womanhood. So an accurate definition of biblical womanhood has to um, pick up the whole picture of scripture, not just Proverbs 31, not just Titus 2, not just 1 Corinthians but the whole picture of what it means to walk with God. And when we fulfill our roles as women, and when men fulfill their roles as men, guess what? 
we get to reflect something that's incredibly beautiful about God's redemptive plan and about his relationship with the church, which he says is the bride of Christ. And I'm going to end today with just uh, one more quote from Elizabeth Elliot, because I think it's so important. She said, to understand the meaning of womanhood, we have to start with God. If he is indeed creator of all things visible and invisible, he is certainly in charge of all things visible and invisible, stupendous and minuscule, magnificent and trivial. God has to be in charge of the details if he's going to be in charge of the overall design. And that means that he is in charge of every aspect of your life, whether you are single or whether you are married, God has called us to live a set apart life, to live a life that points people to Jesus, no matter what situation, no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in. And I think that if we as women can accept the limitations of womanhood, which hello, there are limitations, and we'll talk about that another time, then we can see, begin to see those limitations as a gift and allow God's strength to be made perfect in whatever season of life we're in. And that is my encouragement for you today, whether you are single or whether you are married, if you are a woman, God has a specific role for you, a specific heart in designing you and making you a woman, and you can embrace your femininity with joy because God sees you as precious in his sight. I hope you guys have a wonderful, fabulous, incredible weekend. I hope you can love on your kids and get outside. I hope you're getting some sunshine in your neck of the woods. And I'm looking forward to seeing you back here on the podcast next week when my friend Karen Eamon is going to be coming on and she's going to be talking with us about her new book, Listen, Love, Repeat. I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.